0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to Mornings with God. I am super, super encouraged and excited that you are here starting out your week on Monday with me or your day anytime during the day, depending on when you are listening to this. For those of you who are going to be listening to it at a later time, welcome. (laughs) I'm super excited that you're here. Today, we're going to talk about being a light in this dark world. And I want to start off with the scripture and then I'm going to tell you a story. So being a light in the dark world, we're going to start off with the scripture. And the scripture is Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. It reads, You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. I absolutely love this scripture. And as you can tell by this scripture, we are meant to be a light in this world. We are meant to be a light to others. And God wants to give us this light. So then we we don't hide it, we don't put it under a bowl. He wants to actually put us on a hill, put us in a position where other people can see his light through us. And so today we're gonna talk about how to do that. But I wanna start with a story, you know. One of the things I absolutely love is traveling. <laughs> I love traveling. I spent a big part of my adult life and, and really my life, high school and beyond, traveling regularly for basketball. So I love traveling. There are a few things that make me more excited than walking into a brand new, super clean, beautiful hotel room that I know is just for me. <laughs> Like, I absolutely love traveling and exploring and all of these things. But you know what I do not love about traveling is when you go to sleep and then you wake up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom. And because it's a brand new place and you don't know where you are, you're like, where is the light? (laughs) where's the light? And so because you don't know where the light is, you're kind of fumbling around and you, you, half the time you decide, ah, I can I can make it to the bathroom without the light. And so you go to the bathroom and it never fails. You always hit something. And when it's your your pinky toe or your knee, uh, it hurts so bad. There is a special kind of pain that is hitting your pinky toe, right? It just, it hurts so bad. You know, life can be the same way sometimes. We feel like we're walking in the dark and, and we hit our pinky toe or we, we hit our knee or we hit something and it's painful. And, you know, for my life growing up, I, I felt like I was always walking in the dark. I, I got into a lot of dark things. I got into horror movies and everything horror because I felt like it would help distract me from the horrors that I had going on at home. There was a time where I lived in an abusive household and so I never wanted to go home and the characters in the horror movies had it worse than I did and so it... It distracted me. It made me feel better about what was going on at home. I eventually got into eating disorders, anorexia and bulimia, alternating because it fed my my need for perfectionism. It made me feel like I was in control of a life that I couldn't really control at all. And so I started out with anorexia. And then because I was playing basketball, I realized that if I um if I ate and then threw up, I had more energy to I had more energy to play basketball. And so I started doing that instead. And so it transitioned very quickly from anorexic eating behaviors to bulimic eating behaviors. And I I also got into burning myself with lighters. And, you know, the thing about self-harming behavior like burning and cutting is that people who don't do it don't understand why you would do it, but <laughs> they, they just don't get it. And, and it makes sense because it's it's not a rational thing. It's not a rational thought. You're like, oh, let me just burn myself. Like people who don't struggle with those things don't really understand why you would do that. But those of us who do do it understand At the time when I was living that way, it felt like the only way to replace the pain I couldn't control and didn't understand with a pain I could control and did understand. I knew where it was coming from. I knew why I was hurting. I, I made it start and I made it stop. And so that, Doing those things felt like the only way to exact some type of control over an uncontrollable situation. And it was replacing the pain. I also, you know, I felt numb a lot. And so it forced me to feel something. And sometimes even feeling pain is better than not feeling. That's how I felt at that time. Not everyone understands or responds this way. I. Totally get that, but it always made complete sense to me. I don't know why that was my struggle. I don't know why that made sense to me, but it did. So the other day, thankfully, I do not live that life anymore. Thank thank God, all glory to God on that one. But the other day, I met someone, and we were we were talking. I actually met him when I was at the beach with some friends, and then you know invited him out to different church things and Bible talk and church and all of that and so one day we got into a a super deep conversation about life, and as we talked, I started hearing him say some of the things that I just described to you. I started hearing some of this coded language that, like I said, only people who have been through that really understand. And we know everything happens for a reason. And I truly believe that that applies to when we meet people and how we're able to connect with people and who God sends in our path to evangelize or to connect with or to invite out to church or a Bible study or whatever. I I truly believe that everything happens for a reason in that category as well. And so sometimes I wonder when God sends me someone, I'm like, God, why did I meet this person at this point in time? And usually upon further conversation, I'm, I'm able to see, oh, oh God, I see why you sent me to that person, or I see why you sent that person to me, right? And so it's, it's super cool and so as we were talking and i heard him i heard him saying this coded language i recognized his pain because i had lived it and so In the middle of our conversation, I held out my arms. I held out my arms to him and I showed him the scars on my hands and wrists from when I used to burn myself and cut myself. And he recognized them right away. And when I held out my arms and I showed them to him, he held out his And he showed me his scars. He showed me basically the same behavior that I had just told you guys about. And in that moment, I was able to meet him in his pain. And his demons that he was struggling with weren't scary to me because I had wrestled the same ones. I was like, oh, I I know what these look like. (laughs) You know, I, I know what these look like. I know what these feel like. And so I was able to share with him what that felt like for me. The best part was that after we related in that place, after we related to what that felt like to get so low that you wanted to actually harm yourself or to be in so much pain that you actually wanted to inflict more on yourself, we didn't have to stay there. We went there because it's important to relate to people, but we didn't have to stay there. I was able to share with him how the darkness inside me has been replaced by the light of Jesus. And that that light will never be overcome by the dark. And, you know, I told him a little bit about of my story and my journey and we just related. But it was so cool because in that moment, I was so thankful that I had been through what I've been through. And sometimes, you know, we're going through something and we're like, man, God, like, why am I going through this? This is hard. This this hurts. This sucks. I hate this. But we have to realize that God uses everything. Nothing you're going through is pointless. And that doesn't make it hurt less. That doesn't make it feel any better when we're going through it. But if we can just look ahead to the people who we will help with our current struggle, it can make it more bearable and it can make it for me It inspires me to get through it in a more spiritual way, for sure. It inspires me to go to God with it because I don't want to send anybody to anywhere else, right? So I need to be able to tell this story in a way that's going to help somebody. When I was going through grief after my dad passed and grief is not a, okay, I was going through it and then I'm done. This is... (laughs) You know, grief is uh, continuous. But when at the very beginning of the grief process, one of the things I kept saying to myself was don't waste the pain. Don't waste the pain. And so in this situation, I look at this as God putting somebody in my path to not waste the pain that I had been through. And it was it was the crazy thing. It was so, so, so cool. As I was able to meet him in his pain, as we shared scars and uh, I was able to share healing. You know, I think that's what love is. It's it's showing each other our scars as we also give the hope and the help to healing as we also give the hope and the help to healing. And so today I just want to share three quick things as far as the how those of you who know, who have been on my broadcast before, who've been on my lessons, I'm a super practical teacher. (laughs) You know, I don't just, I mean, these stories are great. They they help us feel good. They give us context. They help us to understand what we're doing and why. But as far as the practicals, what is the how? That is always something that is very important for us to look at in terms of scripture, in terms of uh, what God wants us to go do as far as how we apply what we're learning, how we apply the feelings that we're feeling and the sentiments and the stories. How do we live this out? Three quick things. Number one, we have to understand that Jesus is the only way. One of the tattoos that I have is actually a, a tattoo of the scripture, John 1, 5. And when I first started coming back to my relationship with God, someone told me to read the book of John. And I always tell people, read the book of John because John was the closest apostle to Jesus. And so Matthew, Mark and Luke are more about what Jesus did. But relatively, John, the book of John is more about who Jesus was from a heart level an intimacy level in in that way. And so I always tell people to read the book of John. So I started out reading the book of John when I started coming back to my relationship with God. And so the first scripture I read was John 1, 1 through 5, (laughs) right? And it blew my mind. Let me read it for you. It says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. When I read this scripture, it literally changed my life because at that moment, I felt so dark inside. And as a professional athlete at that time, as someone who had always been surrounded by the glitz and the glamour of professional sports, of the entertainment industry, of even the high-level college basketball circuit, I had always been surrounded by sparkly things, per se, (laughs) you know? I had always had so many lights around me, but I always felt dark, on the inside. And it was weird because to me, I was like, why do I feel like this? I never understood it. But when I read this scripture and it says he was the light and then the light shines in the darkness and the darkness had not overcome it. I was like, "Okay, so I feel dark inside. Jesus is the light. The light was in the dark. The darkness has not overcome it. So somehow I need to get Jesus inside me where the dark is because it's not dark outside. I didn't recognize the depravity of the world at that point in time. I mean, I knew it, but it was just normal. (laughs) You know, that was just life. But what I did know is that I felt darkness inside. And so I was like, okay, I, I just need to get Jesus inside me somehow so that he can shine in the darkness inside me and the darkness will not overcome that light. I didn't know how to do that at that point in time. I didn't know what that looked like. I didn't know how to live it out. But what I did know is that I wanted to know more about this guy, quote unquote, that was bigger than the dark. That is actually how... My relationship with Jesus started, which is me reading the Bible, starting to read John and wanting, desiring to get to know this guy who was stronger and bigger and and, and more powerful than, than the darkness that was inside me. And so I have this scripture, John 1, 5 tattooed on my arm so that I never forget. After I showed him my scars, I actually extended my arms again and showed him this tattoo and used it to share my story with him. We have to understand that Jesus is the only way. This scripture says the light. It doesn't say a light, (laughs) you know, and just like when we go tanning, those lights simulate the sun, just like the light in our room simulates natural daylight. There are a lot of fake lights out here around us, but Jesus is the light. John 14, 6 says, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. When we go to other things, when we go to our crystals, when we go to our significant others, when we go to the church without going to the word, when we go to influential people, when we go to self-harming behavior, when we go to whatever we go to, we go to all these other things trying to fill the darkness that is inside of us. And Jesus is telling us right here, I'm the light, not a light, the light. This is controversial. Sadly enough, this is super controversial because everyone wants to believe that you can go to whatever works for you. But the thing is, nothing is really going to work for you to eradicate that darkness inside you, except for the true light of Jesus. We have to know and, and believe that Jesus is the only way, that Jesus is the light. And then we have to trust that he's bigger than the dark. This is kind of like a a stepping out on faith. You know, we got to trust that he's bigger than the dark and we have to risk happy. We have to risk that belief that it can be better than it is right now. And this is not me saying, oh, you turn to Jesus and and you'll have no more problems and everything will be great. No, that's not what I'm saying at all. But what I am saying is it's better. (laughs) It's better going through difficult things is better with God. We still live in this world. This world is not heaven. We're still going to go through hard times. We're still going to go through struggles. But going through it with Jesus is way better. And he allows the light inside of us. He allows the light inside of us. And so for us, we have to risk... That We have to risk that happiness. We have to step out on faith and leave what we think we know, leave what we have already experienced, leave the pain and give it to him. That's why Jesus says, become like a child so that you can enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to have that childlike, like, okay, I'll try it. All right, this isn't working. I'll try it. And for me, when I first came to Jesus, I was at a point where I was like, my way ain't working. (laughs) When I first started reading the Bible, I was like, listen, my way is awful. I am a horrible God of my own life and I gotta try something else. And so when we come to him, when we believe that he is the light, then we will get sick of living in the darkness and we'll decide, okay, I got to try this. So that's number one. Jesus is the only way we got to believe that. Number two is to turn away and follow. I love this scripture in Mark 1, verse 14 through 18. It says, after John was put in prison, Jesus went into Galilee, proclaiming the good news of God. The time has come, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news as Jesus walked. Beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. I love this scripture because this is the very beginning of Jesus' public ministry. The beginning of his public ministry and the calling of his first disciples. And he tells us to do four things he tells us to repent, believe, follow, and fish. Repent, believe, follow, and fish. Now, this call is an unedited call. It's an unedited response. We see what Jesus wanted here. But too many people have started to preach, just believe. Just believe. But we see here in Jesus's ministry that the first call, the first thing he told people to do was repent. Repent. And so what does it mean to repent? Repentance is a change of mind that leads to a change of action. It's like a U-turn in your life. So if I'm going one direction and I decide, up, oh, I don't wanna go that direction anymore, then what do I have to do? I gotta, at the first opportunity, flip a U-wing, go the other way, right? And so that's what repentance is in our lives. Now it says, repent and believe the good news. What's the good news? The good news is the gospel. The good news is that God so loved the world. So he sent his only begotten son. Jesus came down to earth, lived a sinless life, died on the cross for your sins, rose again on the third day and is seated at the right hand of the father advocating for you and providing a way for you to have a relationship with God, despite the fact that neither of us deserve it that's the good news. That's the gospel in a nutshell. And so for us, it it says repent and believe. Why is repent first? It's because if we're not following Jesus, then we weren't living in that belief before. And so we were going one way and we got to turn around, flip that Yui and walk in the belief of the gospel. Walk in that belief. So repent, believe, follow. We got to follow Jesus. You can't just flip a UE and then stop. No, we have to actively follow him. It is a lifestyle. This is a life. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more in a couple minutes. But this following, this repent and believe is, is a lifestyle. It's active. And then fish. Fish for people. A lot of people are like, oh, why do you have to evangelize? Why do I have to share my faith? Why do I have to tell anybody this is my personal relationship with God? So why do I need to tell anybody? That is one of the best lies that Satan has ever come up with is that your relationship with God is your personal relationship with God and not meant to involve or affect anybody else. That is just a lie straight from the mouth of the devil. For us, we need to understand that Jesus came to seek and save the lost. That is the whole entire reason he came to earth was to seek and save the lost. And so it is impossible to follow Jesus. If we are not seeking and saving the lost, it is impossible to follow Jesus without repenting because there's two powers of this world. There's Satan and there's God, Satan and God. So Either you're following Satan or you're following God. And a lot of people are like, whoa, Chantel, that's, that's intense. Like you're doing a little too much here. Sorry, not sorry. We can't be nicer than Jesus here. (laughs) We can't be nicer than Jesus here. And so Jesus tells us to repent. We got to repent. We got to turn away from the ways of the world, turn away from Satan's lies, and we have to follow Jesus. And on that path to following Jesus, we need to fish for people because it is impossible to follow Jesus without fishing for people. And so for us, when we want to be the light, we have to turn away from that dark. We have to follow the one who is the light. We have to follow the one who is the light. I love this scripture in 1 John 1, 5 through 7. It says, This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him, there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. God is light and we cannot walk with him as we continue to walk in the darkness. And the word walk, it's an activity. It's active. It's a lifestyle. It's not stand. It's not wait. It's not even just believe it's actually walk and live it out. As an athlete, I totally understand this because we used to say ball is life all the time, right? Ball is life. If you're a real hooper, you got, you got shoes in your trunk. If you're a real hooper, you always have shorts underneath your sweats. Why? Because at any point in time, you gotta be ready to play because ball is life. (laughs) And that's how following Jesus is. It's it's meant to be that. It's not meant to be this thing where we believe casually and go on Sunday. No, it's meant to be this thing where it's all encompassing and, and fills our entire life and lights up our entire life. And that's how we live. It's ball is life, but Jesus is life, right? <laughs> So that's the second thing is just we have to turn and follow. So we have to believe that Jesus is the only way that Jesus is the light. But then we also have to turn and follow him because he is the light and we can't walk in the darkness without it. Third thing and last thing we're closing out. We have to hide the word in our heart. If you remember the second scripture we looked at in John 1, 1 through 5, it talks about he is the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And so Jesus is the word of God for us. We need to hide the word in our heart, which also means Jesus. When we look at Psalm 119, 100 through 105, it says, I have more understanding than elders for I obey your precepts. I have kept my feet from every evil path so that I might obey your word. I have not departed from your laws for you yourself have taught me. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. I gain understanding from your precepts. Therefore, I hate every wrong path. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Man, I love that ending. (laughs) Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light on my path. Jesus is the word. He is also the light. When we feel like we are walking in the dark, it's because we have not opened our Bible and read the word that is the light. I love how it says a light for your feet and a lamp for your path. When I was in high school, we used to go camping and we would stay in tents and it was like a family reunion every year. And so we would go camp on the lake and we would go clamming and play in the mud and play in the water. It was just lots of barbecues. (laughs) It was so fun. But we would sleep in tents and the only drawback was you would sleep in a tent But the the bathroom was in the house and the house was about two football fields away. And so when you had to get up again to go to the bathroom, you got to find the flashlight and then you got to trek all the way to the house to go to the bathroom. And it was always scary, but you always had your flashlight. And the thing about a flashlight is it doesn't light the entire world around you but it's your own personal light to your path. And that's what a flashlight does. And so the word, the Bible is the lamp for your feet and the light on your path. It's not big enough to light the entire world, but it is big enough and powerful enough to light your personal path and allow you to walk in the light, allow you to walk in clarity with God. And so the Bible is our flashlight. For us, that is the way that we end up walking in the light, is that we hide the word in our heart. We walk by our flashlight. You know, obedience is God's love language. When we love God, we want to do life his way. But it's not just be obedient. Obedience allows us to walk in God's protection. There's dangerous things off this path. (laughs) And he's like, no, don't go over there. That's dangerous. I don't want you over there. That's darkness. You can't see what's over there, but I can. Don't go over there. Obedience allows us to walk in God's protection. And so for us, we need to know what that is. And the only way that we'll know what that is, is to actually read the word and to actually pick up our flashlight and use it to navigate this dark world. Darkness breaks us. We're wandering around in the dark and we end up getting hurt. We end up hitting our, theoretically speaking, hitting our pinky toe <laughs> or hitting our knee or hitting something. We bump into things and it, and it hurts because we can't see our sin breaks us. First, it's the sin of others against us, but then it's our sin against ourselves and against other people. Calling people back to Jesus and then providing a safe place for them to live that out, which is supposed to be the church. It's supposed to be the church. Now, I am aware that many churches are not safe and do not operate in a safe way, but biblically speaking, God meant for the church to be that safe place where we can call people back to the obedience of Jesus and then provide a safe space for them to live and walk in that way before we get to heaven, that's God's plan for all of us. Growing up in the church and attending a lot of different churches, I know that's not always the case, but I'm very grateful to have found a spiritual family that, you know, we're not perfect because it's a bunch of sinners trying to follow Jesus. But what it is, is it's the safest place I've ever been to and experienced because of these three things. Because we believe Jesus is the only way, because we preach repentance in addition to belief and then hold each other accountable for that and walk that out together, and then preaching and holding each other to obedience. And so that's the only way that that is safe. That is the purpose of the church. That is the purpose of us as individuals, as people who follow Jesus, is to use the power of the word to first change our lives and to change people, and then allow God to put the light inside of each of us so that we can then go and shine that light and be that light for everyone else, so we can show the path to the true light of God. In John 1, 8, in talking about John the Baptist, the Bible says he himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. And that's what we're meant to do in our Bible studies. As we live our lives on a daily basis, we're meant to witness. We're meant to be a witness to the light. We show other people how to find it because as dark as this world is, there's never been a greater need ever. People are walking around Feeling dead inside, running away from true love, not trusting that there is another way to live and using whatever they can think of, however self-destructive, to cope with the pain. And I know that because as I told you at the beginning of this broadcast, I was one of them and God saved me from that so that I can help him save others. And if you're looking for more of the light, then that light is in Jesus. We need to make sure that we're doing these three things. Number one, believing that Jesus is the only way. Stop trying to stop trying to find other ways to live in the light. Jesus is the light and nothing will allow you and help you to walk in the light like he will, despite all the fake lights that are out there. Number two, we have to turn and follow. It's not just about believing. It's about turning and following him so that we can stay on his path. And number three, it's about hiding the word in our heart so that we can stay on that path and use it as our own personal flashlight through this dark world. And when we do that, then we will be able to be a light to the world. And we will also be able to show them how to get that true light in Jesus. So we are meant to be the light of the world. And so we got to be that, y'all. We got to be that. Thank you so much for allowing me to share, for tuning in to this episode. I really appreciate you listening. This is so important because this world man, it's it's just so dark and people are in so much pain. And this is the biggest cause and the most important cause that we could ever be a part of. This is the most important calling that we could ever receive is to follow Jesus and to help others do that. So thank you so much for listening and I will see you next time. Have a great day. Bye.